God wants to connect to us in such a very special way. Now, I know I'm stating the obvious, but sometimes we need to hear that. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to kind of just cut and parse through all of the stuff of life, all of the business stuff, all of the, sometimes just the stuff of getting together and getting us to church on Sunday. Some of you going with marriage struggles and you're going with kids struggles and just things. And the Holy Spirit wants to just parse right through that and come and connect with your heart right now. And the way that works, the way that works is God says, if you will take a step to me, I will take a step to you. It's very interesting that he does it that way. You know why? Is it because he's sitting there, you know, like Mr. Better than everybody and wanting us to make a step? No, you know what it is? We're in this environment with all this stuff. He wants us to take a step out of that. You see the difference? He wants us to take a step out of all that clutter, all of this stuff. The Bible says, exalt the Lord with me. Now, and then he says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Is, is God tiny and he's needing us to put a magnifying glass on it? No, no, no. You know what it is? When you're in the clutter of life, it's huge. It's sitting here. Kids stuff, family stuff, business stuff, finance stuff. And it's right here. And we, put your hand in front of you right now. Look how big that looks. Right? Now lower that and look beyond. Look how perspective changes. You see that? That's why he says, take a step towards me. I'll take a step towards you. With your hands up right now, I want you to do that. I want you to declutter. Get out of all of that stuff that is, is around. And this morning, God has a word for you. He has a touch from the very presence of God for you. With your eyes closed right now, with eyes closed, I want you, by faith, you take that step towards him. Between this morning and tonight, God is going to impact your life in a way that you will never, ever be the same again. I promise you that. Your life will be altered through this Sunday. You'll write this Sunday down and you'll say, my life will never be the same again. And it starts right now. Breathe in. Just breathe in his presence. Breathe in. Lord, I draw close to you. I take a step out of all of the stuff. And Lord, I ask you to visit me today. Visit me in this service through your word and through your presence. That's it. Pressing in, pressing in, pressing past all of that stuff. Come on, everybody. Push past all of that. God, come and invade my heart. Come and pour into my spirit. Come and refill me. As pastor said, there's some of you that have been distant from him, and that is over today. Today, you are coming back into his into His church you're coming back into engagement with you into engagement with him some of you have been dry so dry spiritually hands lifted say lord fill me lord this dryness is over today in the name of jesus and i push past all oh, that's it that's it that's it it's that simple and you see that you sense that
Him touching you, His presence coming in, it's that simple. Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you, worship team. I'm gonna have you all come up in a little bit. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand and let's be seated. I do want to, um, uh, Pastor mentioned my wife Natalie and Juliet and Sam. You guys can just wave to everybody. So glad that you guys came with us. Uh, my brother Josh and sister-in-law Becky and Brady and uh, the other two, are, are they in the back, the, the, other, the other ones? I do have to make a mention of a, a friend of mine. I've literally not seen Joe for 25 years, 30 years. So Joe is in my youth group. That'll show how much older I am than him. Uh, but uh, was one of our youth leaders, actually. The man got on fire with the Lord, what, when you were 17, 18? And is just still doing it for God. And he drove how many hours to come and see us and be a part of the service? Four and a half hours this morning that he woke up. <laughs> That's special, Joe. Thank you. This guy, him and his friend Jose, man, I'll tell you what, those two are characters. <laughs> we had more fun together, but uh, God impacted their lives, and it's so wonderful. You know what's so great after decades when you see the fruit of God, of God's work still happening and growing, and now Joe and his family on fire for the Lord. But anyway, thank you for coming and, and, uh, and driving that far to say hi and be a part of this service. You are, you are amazing. So... Um, I want us to go to Matthew. We're going to go into Matthew chapter 16. Um, and the title of what we're going to talk about is church. That's the title of today's talk, church. So you could put that at the top of your notes. Um, this is such an interesting topic because the, the, the verse and, and, and this comes out of, out of the beginning uh, of, of the book, Creating Your Best Life. And um, so excited about that book. And, and, and I'll just tell you, I, I, I'm glad Pastor Mark is with his daughter, but I did, I did want to recognize him with everybody. The guy has just helped so much in putting this book together. And it was just such a, a wonderful work together to capture basically 20, about 25 years of research of looking at uh, practical success principles, things that work, things that don't work. When you learn how to learn success principles, how do you apply it correctly? Where you see people do it incorrectly? And really, this book is a roadmap for anybody to pick this up, walk through and learn the principles of it, and then practically apply creating your best life. And it's 20, like I said, it's been 20 plus years of research studying incredible Christian people, incredible uh, multi-multi-billionaire business leaders, finding the principles that work, the things that you put together that actually work. And we're gonna talk between, I'm gonna take one of the concepts today we're gonna talk from, and then tonight, we're gonna actually go into, into some real mechanics of it. So tonight is gonna to be much more of kind of like a classroom setting. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not scaring you away, but it's gonna be much more of a classroom setting, enable you to do some Q&A and all of that type of thing. But today we're gonna to start in the earlier chapters 
that talk about identity. Everybody say identity. Now, the topic, the, the title of this is, the, is church, all right? Um, and so we're going to start in Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to look at some verses uh, starting in verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, and one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now there's a whole lot packaged there, so we're going to unpack some of that uh, uh, for a few minutes before we move on. So we're gonna start with the opening of that of which Jesus is asking his disciples, who do men say that I am, okay? So right now in this world, if you go out into this world and you ask people who Jesus is, what are you gonna hear? You're gonna hear everything from, well, he was a prophet or you know, he was a false prophet or, or he was just a, a, a great motivational speaker. You know, he was like some of the other spiritual people that are out there. You're gonna hear all of, this, all of these type of things. But the question is directed to you today, who do you say he is? Who do you say that he is? And if your answer is, he is the Christ, the son of the living God, raise your hand. If that's your answer, now I would, I would suggest that being in a church on a Sunday morning, I'm gonna get about 98% of people usually, they're gonna say, yeah, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, you have to understand that the same truth that applied to Simon Barjona is applying to you this morning. And what did Jesus say? Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Who revealed that to you? Father, God. So if this morning you are in that place where you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, raise your hand up and say, I am blessed. Because flesh and blood didn't reveal that to me. But God himself revealed it to me. If you ever are questioning if you're special or not, ever again, go back to that truth and embrace it. You are one very special individual. Because you know what? As smart as you are, as, as sharp as you are, you're not sharp enough that flesh and blood revealed that Christ is the son of the living God. God himself visited you at some point in your life and revealed a truth that changed you eternally. You were hand-chosen, hand-spoken to, and, and God himself revealed that Christ is not another Muhammad, is not another religious speaker, but instead he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Say it, I'm special. I'm special. 
Say it again. Say, I'm special. So if you're ever wondering again, why didn't God, why doesn't God speak to me? Why doesn't God ever tell me anything? Zip it. If you've got that part, that part down, you are ultra special. Now, this is the beginning of this because that was just the opening part. Said, Simon, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father... Then he goes on to the next phase of the church. He goes to the next part, and Jesus says this, says this, and I also say to you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now, I know there's been a lot of confusion around this part right here. All right, uh, my dad was raised Catholic. He was raised Catholic in, when they were still doing it in Latin. And I understand that there's this belief that Peter was this first pope and that that was the rock. Peter was that rock. And, and it, that, that was what the church was built on and all that. I understand that confusion. This is the truth of what Jesus is saying here. He just asked Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter said what? You're the Christ. And then what did he turn around and say to Peter? And you are Peter. And upon this rock, what is this rock? The rock is you have a revelation of who I am. I'm Christ, the son of the living God, and I know who you are. You are Josh, and you are Becky. And you are Pastor Marion and Stephanie and Natalie and Michael. And on this rock, what rock? The rock of you have divine revelation of who I am and I personally and intimately know you and who you are. The church, by the way, this is the first time in recorded biblical history is the word church ever used. It was never mentioned before. And we're gonna get into some definitions and understand why and how, but it starts with him saying something very, very unique. You understand that I am God, I am Christ, the son of the living God, but this is not a religion that is going to be built through layers of people and layers of other people that you are gonna go through. You know me, and I know you. And God is so into you that he actually counts the hair on the top of your head every single morning. He knows that he has more than me. <laughs> he is that into you. You're that unique, you're that special, the church, guys, he says, and on this rock, I'm going to build my church. We're going to get into what that word church is, but before we go any farther, we have to understand that revelation that you have of who Jesus is, he has that same revelation of who you are. Your gifts, your talents, your, 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 your uniqueness, your story. And it is a personal, tight, 
individual relationship that his church is built off of. It is not built off of the pastor knowing the Bible, the pastor going into the city next week. I'm in complete agreement. If you aren't out there next week, you do need to pray because this church is about reaching the city. I always tell people, people I say, well, you know, I, I, need to feel, I, need to, I need to pray and feel led. I had a friend, he just got a bullet, and when people would say, I need to feel led to do something, he would just hand them the front end of that bullet, they're feel led, now let's go do it. <laughs> so if you need to feel led next week, I know there's a group of people in here with some bullets. <laughs> I know there's plenty of it. <laughs> If you need to feel led, get a pencil, get a bullet, I don't care what, and get moving, all right? This rock that Jesus has chose to build his church is, and at that time was so unique and had never ever been spoken before this moment that there is a understanding of who God is but that he would turn right back around and say your name and know you personally and care individually about you and your giftings and your abilities that you're not just, you're not just a number to God. You are an individual with individual giftings and abilities and that he individually concerns and cares about you and nurtures you and loves you individually. The church is such a mystery. The Bible even calls it that, that it's this mystery that it's this group of individuals that God individually knows, but we are a group. Now, I'm gonna get meddling now. I'm gonna meddle for a while. How many of you have been hurt in some church experience? Raise, raise your hand. Keep it up, raise it up. Well, some mathematician helped me, but I think we're probably 85, 90%. Josh is good with numbers. 85, 90%. I love the pastors are like. That's <laughs> 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 what I was gonna do. Me and Natalie would have hands, feet, uh, all, uh, all of it up, right? Okay, because, because if you are, oh, thank you. Thank you. If you've been, around the church long, let's just be real. You've been hurt. Okay? It's part of it. And, and, and here's, here's the hard part of that, is this amazing place that Jesus said you know who I am, and I know who you are, and on this rock, I'm gonna build this church, okay? This place of coming to know Christ 
and knowing Jesus and him changing your life. With every one of that you've been hurt, how many of you, your life has been altered and blessed and incredibly changed and empowered? Raise your hand, through the church. Through the church, okay? Now some of you, some of you, you're not, you don't have this hurt, right? Great, so just, just sit there for a little bit and listen because I'm gonna talk to the other 90% for a little bit. How can this place of such amazing presence of God, I get to meet Jesus, my life gets discipled, miracles happening. How many of you have been healed through this church, the miracles that flow through this church? Look at this, I'm one of them. I've, man, alive. Something going on, I just call Pastor Marion. <laughs> right, okay? Powerful, right? How many of you got your prayer language filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues because of, because of church, all right? How many of you, your marriage has been strengthened, stabilized, uh, healed because of church? Okay, so here's the, here's the thing. Here's this, this incredible back and forth that happens. And guys, look, this world, the, there's so many out there right now that should be a church and aren't because of hurt because they were hurt. How could this place of such, where God comes in and visits me, and I, I just experience this great things, and my marriage is strengthened, and my children are strengthened, and my spiritual life is strengthened, and all of that, how could that happen? But then on the other side, I get such hurt, and experience these issues, and these problems with people. How could that happen? And then what do we do? We get offended, and then what do we want to do? Come on, everybody, let's be real. What do we want to do? Pastor Marion, he talking said that. I can't believe he said that about me. Doesn't he see? Doesn't he notice? And we get offended, right? Or somebody didn't. Say hi to me one Sunday. Or we were driving through, so on our way here, on our way, on our way from uh, Nashville, we met some friends uh, in Rockwell, Rockwell. So we went way out of the way to come here, but we saw some friends, and then we're traveling through. And we're going through all these small towns, and there's, there's XYZ Baptist Church, and Rainbow Baptist Church, and this Baptist Church, and this church, and this church, and this church, and the kids are going, why are there so many Baptist churches? Why are there so many churches all over the place? And I was like, I guarantee one of them, they just started fighting with each other. If all of those Baptist churches all got together, oh my gosh, what a difference it would be. Wow, what a community-changing church, right? But what happens is, these pain and these issues happen in the church where we get offended, where we get let down, right? And then what do we do? Our feelings get hurt, and then what do we want to do? And there's some of you watching online right now. It's not COVID that's keeping you out of here. That's some weak sauce. That's weak. What it is, is you got offended at some point. I think that's the camera. I don't know. I'm talking somewhere back there. You, you got your feelings hurt. And look, and I'm not trying. Look, man, I'll tell you what. Natalie and I, if you want some stories, if you want some hurt stories, 
and reasons why we should we we could be offended and and out of here oh my goodness i can give them to you i could tell you stories that curl your hair that what we've gone through now i am not diminishing that pain what i am telling you is god is going to heal that today He's going to heal that, and he's going to help you to heal other people because there are literally tens and hundreds of thousands of people that are out and about that are hurting and are not here today because of some offense and some hurt that took place in the church, and they are just simply not able to get past it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you here in a minute why it is so critical that we get them back. And why it is so critical for you to not just, listen, I know this because this is what I did. You know what I did? I swept the pain of the church hurt. I just put it under the rug. You know, we're good at hiding that stuff, aren't we? Well, all right. I know I'm supposed to go to church. I'm going to go anyway. Okay. And we go. But it's there, isn't it? There's the lack of trust. There's a hurt that's there. There's an offense that's there. Now, I'm so thankful that you did just what I did, that even though you've been hurt, you're still here today. That you're still coming, but the Lord wants to deal with that today. Because whether we like it or not, it affects the way we communicate. It affects the way we serve in church. It affects the way we respond to people. We're always kind of like this, right? And then we have these little expressions. Well, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. Come on, anybody else besides me ever said that? Oh, none of nobody else has admitted. Oh, I feel bad. Oh, pastor. Okay, thank you. I'm in good company. Right? We know that story of that of that man that woke up on Sunday morning, and he tells his wife, "I'm I'm not going to church today. I'm not. I'm done." I'm going fishing. She's like, but you never go fishing on Sunday. We gotta go to church. No, I'm done. I'm offended at the people. They don't treat me right. I'm not welcome there. I'm not going. And she's like, but you're the pastor. <laughs> I know you all heard that story. Okay. But we get that, right? And we, we push through the pain but I want you to think about something from Jesus' perspective for just a minute. I want you to think about that expression. I love Jesus, but I don't really like the church. Maybe you didn't say hate, but you said, I don't really like the church. Well, why? Because we got hurt. We've been offended. We've had people who were supposed to treat us a certain way didn't. Uh, our giftings aren't recognized. I mean, just, do you know the lists and lists and lists of offenses? Now, my brother Josh, my brother Josh is, he's my older brother, all right? So, but in addition to being my older brother, he's the strongest out of all of us. I could lift weights all the time. I have to, to try to just get close to being as strong as him. He's just been naturally strong his whole life, all right? 
And I was always thankful that he was my older brother because I don't have to worry about anything. I mean, Josh will just, he, if, you ever, if you ever say something wrong about any of us or say something and he gets this kind of little half smile, back up. Right? So, so Josh has had people like get up in his grill about stuff. And like before he knows it, I mean, he has this shove that literally picks people up. I don't care how big they are. You are up in the air and you are flying. Okay, now, Josh, what would, how would Josh respond if I come up and I tell him, you know, Josh, I love you, you're my brother, but I can't stand Becky. I got a, I got a real problem with her. I don't like being around her. What, what, what's about, to, what's, what's fixing to happen? That's not a good day for me. Is it? I come up to Pastor Mary and, yeah, you know, I, I like you. I like you. You and I get along real good. Similar person. But man, your wife. Hey, what's fixing to happen? Right? Between the two of them, I'm, my lifespan has been pretty short. No, but I'm, sorry. sorry. Let me get back up here. So I want, I want you to think about that in context to what we're talking about. The church is the bride of Christ who it says who he loves and died for, right? And serves the church. It's, look, as, as important as you are in this whole picture, what did Jesus say here? Okay, you know that I'm Christ, you're Sam, you're Natalie, you're Stephanie, you're Marion, and on that rock I'm going to build my, my what? My church. So, look, we live in this American individualistic society, but life, everybody, is a team sport. It is a team sport. And as much as we love our own individual accolades and our own individual thing, me and Jesus, we've got our own thing going. No, you don't. Because it's just you. Jesus is over here with the church. Jesus is about building the church. Well, and how important are you, in, how important are you to that? critical to it it's not going to happen correctly without you it's not going to we're going to see that in a minute but it has to start with you understanding that jesus is building his church and you are an individual part of that but it's not you're not able to say i love you jesus but i don't really like the church. Your life, your success, your ability to create your best life, all of that is directly linked to your involvement and linkage to the church. So, because what, what does he say here? Well, let's keep going through those verses in Matthew. 
He says, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the, is it up there? And the gates, and it says powers, King James says gates, of hell will not prevail against it. Say it, he will, they will not prevail against it. So here we are, United States of America, good old Americans, individual Americans. Well, we want to read that and think, man, the gates of hell aren't going to stop me. Is that what it says? <laughs> yeah, man, gates of hell aren't going to stop Bill Walton. Look out, devil, here I come. <laughs> now, I have to say, I have that attitude. And I do believe that. Look out, devil, here we come. Here we come. Sam, Sam is my very inquisitive, my, my second oldest son, loves God, preached his first sermon uh, a couple months back, brought the house down, kids anointed, 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 anointed. He asked me, because we had a, a, a recent service that we were in and speaking, and the Holy Spirit shows up, and God's giving me words of knowledge, and I'm, t you know, telling people stuff about him and what's going on and you know i mean you guys know that's i mean the holy spirit when he moves so sam mr inquisitive and wants to know how all of this stuff work he after service he's like dad he says how do you ever keep from like getting proudful about that like yeah isn't it that's sam he's he knows what questions to ask and i thought about it i thought about it for a little bit and i was like well because as soon as I come out of that anointing, I live with myself. <laughs> right? Right, Pastor? You like, you go home, you gotta brush your teeth, you stink, you gotta take showers, you have your flesh that you have to contend with, all of that type of stuff. You quickly know and understand that the power of God, the authority of God, operates in the church in the church. Now, am I telling you you do not have an individual relationship with God? Of course you do. Just like he said, and you are. What's your name? Leah? Elia. That's who you are. And he knows all the hair on your head. He knows your gifting. He knows your abilities. He knows everything about you. Individually, doesn't he? But the gates of hell will not prevail against what? The church, spiritual authority, expanding the kingdom of God does not happen with just you and yours. It is not just you. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. You want to get yourself in trouble? Get out on your own. There is so many right now believers who are, the Bible actually teaches us that their lives are shortened, they are weak, and they are sickly because they do not properly honor the church. Ooh. 
I love Jesus. And me and Jesus, you know, I, I, got, I go out and I have my own time with him. But that church, man, it's full of hypocrites. And you guys have all heard it, right? And it's a result of the pain. It's a result of the, the, the heartache of it. But they are missing the power. Listen, the keys to the kingdom only operate in the church. They do not operate in your individual little hands outside of the body of Christ. I'm gonna say it again. The keys, because what did Jesus say? The gates of hell will not prevail against, uh, against the church. And then what he did, he's like, and I give unto you the keys and whatever you will bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you will loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Do you know many, 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 many believers do not experience binding and loosing and operating where the gates of hell do not prevail against them. They go from problem to problem, obstacle to obstacle, Satan stealing, killing, destroying from them because they're not connected to the church. The keys only work inside the church. They do not work because you're a Christian. Why is that? Because Jesus is about building his church. All right, so I, I gotta break some things down here because Ephesians chapter four, I want you to go to Ephesians four because this, is, this, this gets really, really important here because now as I'm talking about this, your question might be, well, okay, but I, but I am connected to the church or, or you might be asking, how do I connect to the church? Okay, and we're gonna, we're gonna break this down, Ephesians chapter four, because I always want to give you, when, I, when we bring truth, I always want to bring, how do I now take this and practically apply this into my life? Because some of you are going, Bill, you're in church and you're talking to us about being in church, and now, so how do I practically apply this into my life on an everyday basis? Let's go to verse three. And I'm gonna read several verses here. It says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body. Everybody say one body. There's one spirit just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given. Everybody say to each one of us. Okay, so there's one spirit, there's one body, there's this, this one church, but what does he say? To each of us, grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. All right, so what is he talking about? That's when Jesus was raised from the dead, right? When he was raised from the dead, it says then at that time when he ascended, he gave gifts Everybody say, I am gifted. Say it again, I am gifted. Now, verse nine, now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended first? Verse 10, he who descended is also the one who was ascended far above the heavens that he might fulfill all things. Verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, 
some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, I'm gonna stop there just for a minute. I'm gonna highlight this. These five gifts here are what in the church get most of the attention and most of the credit and most of the accolades. It's just the way it is, okay? The apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, okay? But what does this verse say? Why are these gifts given to the church? To build us up so that we do what? What does it say? So that we what? For the ministry, right? So, so, so everybody say, I'm in ministry. Say it again, I'm in ministry. Pastor's job is to equip us so that we go and minister. Your role in the church is ministry. Look, and I know well-meaning pastors get up and go, well, when I was called into the ministry, and no, I'm sorry, but you were never called into the ministry, Jack. You were called to equip. Well-meaning, I'm not, I'm just, I'm calling it what it is. I was three years old when I got called into the ministry. No, you were called to equip. All of us in here, all of the, the non-pastors, right? You are the ministers. And you have to see that to understand your part in the church. Because as long as you see yourself as a consumer As long as you see yourself as a consumer, you have missed out on the power of the church. So let's talk about Christian consumers. We come in, 9.55, 10.05, come in, see how well I'm greeted. Pretty good handshake, that was pretty good greeting, okay. Let's come and sit. Let's see if my behind could stand 30 minutes in this sucker. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll be all right. All right, now let's see what this worship's about. Okay. That was pretty good. That was pretty good music. That was all right. That guitarist was pretty good. Just say, drums, pretty good rhythm. Sound overall, it's pretty good. Now let's see what this pastor's got to say. I give it a four. <laughs> Consumer. And it grosses God out. Amen. It grosses, grosses him out. Why? In Acts chapter two, the first day of the launch when the Holy Spirit came, he made it abundantly clear the way he does church. And it says, and he added to the church daily. Everybody say add. add. Say it again, say add. add. The proper, the proper way a church is to function is where have you been added to? Not what can I come and, okay, yeah, I'll give, yeah, you know what, that church gets a five. 
we'll, we'll see what the next one can do for me and my kids, right? And we'll, yeah, let's see, let's see how, let's see how spiritually motivated I feel after the next one. And then we compare, and well, he's, I, you know what, they're just not feeding me anymore. Shut up. You have missed the church completely, the entire thing of it, because this is what Jesus said. You know who I am, I know who you are, and now I'm going to add you to this church for the gifts that I have put in you so that you can add that to that body. And, then, and we wonder why the gates of hell not only prevail against us, but run right over us and smash us down. We're sitting here binding and loosing, and nothing is happening. It's because you and Jesus got your own thing going. Or you're coming to church and going, well, you know what? That, that just is not cutting anymore. I'm going to have to pull that 10% down to 8 Hey guys, I've been around this long enough. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I watched a family addicted to drugs, children just messed up as could be. They come to church, they get saved, they start tithing. His business turns around, begins to skyrocket. Well, now all of a sudden he can go buy a boat. And now one Sunday, well, we're going to go out, we're going to go on the lake. And then two Sundays, pretty soon he's gone a month. Well, you know, we've been camping and everything's just going great and all of that. Within a year, lost his wife, back on drugs, his entire family just decimated. The church is a place where you walk in authority as you understand how your gifts feed into the church. When you understand you're anointed, you're gifted by God, is your, are your gifts Pastor Marion and Pastor Stephanie's gifts? No, are they, are they my gifts? I love my gift, because I get to just blow in town, I get to just give it to you, man, and then I leave. I'm kidding. I love you all so much. You guys are family. But the church is this group of individuals that God pulls together and then he says he gifts every one of them, gifts them so that together they can accomplish what it is that God wants to do. It is not what you can consume. Please, please, please see that. Because that's the difference in you walking out the power of the kingdom of God, your ability of creating your best life. It's all based on the foundation of your integration into the body of Christ. Let's keep going. For, uh, I told you, the pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all, verse 13, come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, 
that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Say it, say this, outside of the church, I'm gonna remain a child and I'm gonna get blown around with every crazy wind of doctrine. Every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, the cunning craftness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, you may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. Now stay with me right here. From whom the whole body joined and knit together. together. Everybody say joined and knit together. Look at the person next to you and say, we have been joined and knit together. Now I realize for most of you that's your spouse, so you gotta look at somebody else. And say it, we have been joined and knit together. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Are you guys on the King James? I wanna make sure we're in the same one, the new King James. Okay, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Say it again. According to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. There are two really key parts of this. Two key parts to this. The first one is it says every single one of us, every part of us supplies to the rest of the body. I want you to say this with me. Say, I am responsible to supply to the body of Christ. Wow, what a difference. What a difference it makes when we walk in on Sunday morning and our prayer is, God, what and to who do you want me to bring supply today? And our prayer throughout the week, God, what do you want me to supply to your church? Oh, do you see the difference? What a spiritual turnaround for you. What a life-changing moment will take place when your approach to church moves from consumerism to giving. So let's ask, what can you supply? It says every single one of us are to bring supply. Every one of us. So what is it? And it says that my job is to, to do this, what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. That's the second part of it. I am to bring supply, and I gotta do my share. Everybody's fair share, right? What's your, what's your fair share in the body of Christ? I could sit here and just rate the pastor and... That's not a job function. That's not in the Bible. It's nowhere in there. Nowhere. Judging whether the church is doing what it's not. I'm sorry, that's not there. 
It's not a job function. That's not any supply at all. So what is it? What is your fair share? Let's look at a couple of them. Let's go to Malachi. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. I'm going to start with the easy one. I'm going to start with the easiest of what you can supply. Bring all of the tithes into the storehouse. <laughs> I'm talking about the church and you bringing in like, you know, working together and all of that. And then he goes to tithe. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Why? That there may be food in my house. Stop. Let's stop. Full stop right there. If any one of us don't tithe, if any one of us, there is a missing of supply to bring food into the house for the church to fulfill what God intended it to. Full stop, period. Well, Bill, I make 50 bucks a week. All right. So how much of that's God's? Five. I was there. I was working for minimum wage, putting myself through college. I know what it's like to write a tiny little tithe check. And you think, what good is this? That there may be food in my house. Hear this. To the level of the percentage of the people in a church that tithe is to the level that that church is able to fulfill its purpose. Full stop, period. So what supply can you provide? There's first. When you get in agreement with God's purpose on planet Earth to align your finances up with his eternal purposes that there might be food in the house. Listen, every single person who is saved in this church, in the churches that I attend and tithe in, the ones that I'm in covenant, I get an account for. I get credit for it. Did you know that? When you are part of the tithing and giving into this local body, and when last week all those people that got saved and came to the Lord, that was accounted to you. Why? Because you are part of this body. You are part of the supply that is being provided into this church. Now let's just talk about another very simple one, another supply. How many have been to a church before and you walk in and there's like 10 people and you come and you sit and you're a guest and you kind of sit at the back and now there's 12 people with you and your wife. And the worship goes and the pastor tries to do his thing, but it's just super awkward. It's just a small, tiny group and not many people are there and then you kind of just leave and exit. And how many, how many of you have experienced that, right? Compare that and contrast that to walking into here 
all of you all in here and worship is going on and everybody is engaged and people come walking into the church. What's the difference of that feel? If right now there was these five here at church and then you walked in, what's going to be missing? That's going to be very awkward, isn't it? Everybody say, my presence. My presence. Say it, my presence. my presence. You being in that chair on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday night, is bringing supply into this building. You watch a football game. I always, I always am so tripped out at people that get weirded out about worship and raising your hands and dancing, and then they'll go to a Kentucky game and everybody's painted blue and white and screaming and hollering and raising their hands. And I'm always freaked out by that. And then people come to church, oh no, we've got to be Dude, we have a whole lot more to be excited about than the University of Kentucky. But if you're not here, see, and you might think, well, it's just, you know, it's just me. Oh, no, 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 no. Every one of us are to bring a supply and our fair share. If you're not here, that fair share is missing. And whether you believe it or not, if you're not here, and people come in and they know, wow, you know, there's like 30 people there. It changes an environment. Your supply into what is happening in that service is missing. Now look, I'm not telling you not to take a, a Sunday off to go on vacation. I'm not talking about that. This isn't religion, everybody. This is you understanding your purpose. This is you understanding your calling. You're not a consumer in this church. You have been added to this church to bring supply and your share to this body. And as you do it, this body will grow. This body will thrive. People will be saved. People will be filled with the Spirit. You will begin to affect this community. But if you're sitting there just going, well, I'm just taking my little thing and then I walk back out the door and I just go back to living my life, you have missed the power of the church. I told you I was gonna give you the definition of a church and so I'm gonna wrap up. I'm gonna end up with this. Matthew chapter 16 was the first time ever in the Bible the word church was used, ever. And it comes from a word, ecclesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, Ecclesia. Now that word in the Greek showed up about 300 years before Christ came. Now the Hebrews, the, the Jews, when they met, they met in the synagogue. Everybody say synagogue. So when Jesus and the synagogue was this group of gathering of believers, right? But when Jesus, for the first time, said church, his group, his followers, he uses a total different word, ecclesia. Now, what was ecclesia? Ecclesia, two, three hundred years before, was a group 
that were completely free. They were not slaves. They were full right citizens. They had all of the control, all of the power over all of the cities. Listen to me. Listen to me, guys. Let this soak into you. These are the people who called all the shots in the city. They are the ones that hired and fired judges. They are the ones that hired and fired the political people. They are the ones that called armies together for war. They called the shots in the city. I think some of you are getting it. He did not use the word synagogue, a group of people. He used this powerful elite group to represent and to call those that come and join his movement. People who are going to call the shots. People who are going to have influence in the city. People who are going to make moves that, that completely change and transform cities. That is the church. And that's why when he said, and I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth are loosed in heaven, because the ecclesia, that's exactly what they did. Whatever they said happens in a city happened in that city, and whatever they said wasn't gonna happen in that city wasn't gonna happen in that city. That's the ecclesia, that is the church. You have not been called to this weak movement, you've been called to this great movement that, that includes changing cities. Building businesses, transforming lives. Well, I go to church. No, 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 no. You are the church. You, you are the church. And every day when you walk and you go into the community, you are the church but you are not individual Amen. you are part of the body and your responsibility is to bring supply and your fair share to the entire body that that ecclesia then affects the city yes. calls the shots changes things transform people's lives it cannot happen outside of the church True transformation is not going to. I want you all to stand on your feet. It is such a privilege to always be able to speak to you all. You can tell, I mean, church that is so covered in prayer and people whose lives are hungry. I, I touched on just two areas for you to bring supply, critical areas. But in Ephesians 4, he goes into giftings. He goes into the fact that there are people, some of you that are gifted with giving. God has called you to be men and women and business leaders, to go into the business world. That, that is a calling on my life, to go out into business and to create and to change and people to get saved and come to church as a result of it and hiring people, and we've had so many of our employees that have gotten saved, uh, that have gotten their lives rededicated to the Lord. Marriage has transformed all of that. That's the church, everybody. That's, I said that's the church. Just because it doesn't happen in this building, the, the church is you. 
The church is you. But it starts with me saying, Lord, what is my part? So for some of you, it's business leaders. And then there are the obvious, the prophetic, the pastors that you guys have here. Pastor, oh my goodness, this man is just coming alive with the word. I'm loving hearing you, brother. God's doing something great in your life. Some of them is pastors and teachers. I have an apostolic anointing on my life to go into business and do all the things I just mentioned. But for some of you guys, it's, it's administrative. For some of you, there's different classes and different callings. For some of you, it's this, 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 this feeding all of these people who don't have food. And for some of you, it is prayer. Every one of you, God has gifted. But it starts with a complete flip of the attitude. I am not here to consume. I am here to give. Let's lift our hands. I wonder, with their eyes closed? You know what? Do this with me first. Uh, put your hands down, but keep your eyes closed. I want to ask here in this room, if there's any of you, you're here today, and you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. You've never asked. You've, you, you're, you're just new to this whole thing. Just raise up your hand. And you say, look, that's me. I want to I I ask Jesus into my life. The second one I'm going to ask is if you're here and you say, you know what? I've just walked away from God. My relationship with him is cold. I've not been where I'm supposed to be with him. And I want to rededicate my life to him. Raise up your hand real quickly, real quickly. Keep it up, keep it up. I see that, just keep it up. I see that. Give it just another minute. Anybody else that you know, you know, you've walked away. I've walked away, that's it, keep it up. This isn't, this is not, this is, this is your time. Just like Pastor said when he opened, this is your time. Just keep them up, just keep them up. Keep them up all across the room. And what I want you to do is I want you to lift both of those, lift both of your hands right where you're standing. Just lift up both hands. We're gonna do surrender to the Lord. I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I, well, let's all pray it as a body. Say, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you called me to this place today to get my life back in alignment with yours. Jesus, you are my Lord. Forgive me for my sins. And I say yes to you today. And from this day forward, I will not give another day of my destiny to the devil. And only you will I follow in the name of Jesus. Now you've added me to this church. Help me to grow in what you want me to do and be a part of in this body. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's welcome them. Hallelujah. You that... Uh, you all that did that, I'm sure you guys, uh, you pastor, you'll give some instruction here in a minute on what to do. 
We're gonna pray, I'm gonna pray one more for, for all of us in here. If you have, a lot of you raised your hand about the church pain. If that's you and you, you know you haven't dealt with it correctly, maybe it's, it's there, you've kind of swept it under the rug, but it's still there. I want you just to raise up your hands. Just raise up your hands. We're gonna pray over you. If you've been dealing with that church pain, you've been hurt, you didn't stuff like that, but it's been affecting you. That's all right. Hands up, hands up, hands up. That's all right. Whoever that is, I want you just to raise up your hands. We're gonna pray over you right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just keep your hands up. I'm gonna release this off of your life. Some of you are like, you don't know whether to lift your hands or not. <laughs> If you're wondering, just raise them. <laughs> like, well, I don't want to be seen as the guy with the hurt. Well, hey, you know what? Raise your hands. All right, it's all right. Because my hands are up, okay? All right. God wants to bring supernatural healing. That's it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over these right now. Have their hands raised. Oh, Lord, you know right there, Father. Just bring in the healing oil of the Holy Spirit right now. That's it. And just receive that. Receive his healing virtue just to flow on the inside of you. I know, I know that hurts. I understand that. And I am freeing you right now in the name of Jesus from that. From that disappointment, that hurt, that anger, all of that, that you, the, what you should have, could have, any of that type of stuff, I release you in the name of Jesus right now. I release you right now in Jesus' name. Father, I choose to forgive those people. I forgive the church. I let it go right now. That's it, let it go. Let it go. Let it roll off now. Right there, right there, right there. And as you have freedom from that, I want you to start praising him. I want you to start just, hallelujah. I want you just to let it go. 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 I'm free in Jesus' name. I'm free in Jesus' name. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I hear that. I hear that. Now listen, this is what the Holy Spirit just told me. Now that that's out of the way, watch for those, watch the issue, the, the, the gifting begin to pour out of you now. Be, watch for it, watch for it. Because that hurt out of the way, now God's gonna start pouring through you. You've been trying to find your place and how you fit in, now that all that stuff is gone, watch this. It's gonna pouring out of you into other people's lives. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say this, I love the church. Say, I love the church. I love the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all. It's such a pleasure being with you.